You're listening to Ari Snapshots, where each fortnight we chat about the science behind the weeds and decode some of the trickier concepts which crop up. Today on RE Snapshots podcast, we're chatting with WA Department of Primary Industries and Regional Development Weeds Researcher, Dr. Harminder Damu, who along with colleagues Abul Hashem, Catherine Borger, Glenn Reithmuller, Nerese Wilkins and Pete Gray with GRDC Investment have quantified the impact of five weed species of emerging importance in the WA Grains Belt. This work was recently written about in RE Insight by Cindy Benjamin and I'll share that link in the podcast notes if you'd like to know more. But Haminda does join me. How are you going, Dr. Haminda? Very well, thanks. Jessica, how are you? I'm good. Now, first, for those who might not be familiar with you, can you just tell us a little bit about your role at DeepHerd? I am a research scientist in Grains Speculator of DeepHerd, based at Northam. I joined the department in 1997, and in the starting years, I was on the project team. That documented the first case in the world on trialing resistance in wild radish. Since 2000, I've been investigating herbicide tolerance of new or potential new varieties of grain crops with an aim to decrease or reduce yield losses due to herbicide damage and thus improve farm profitability. Recently, I completed AgriFutures Australia-funded national project on Genoa as a new crop in Australia as a project leader. Last year, I joined Emerging Weed Seed Biology Project and now I'm summarizing four years' work on Emerging Weeds Competition with Weed under this GRDC-funded project, uh, Jessica. Excellent. Great to hear about all your experience. Haminda, let's get into the details of this research. What prompted this research into these five weed species that are of emerging importance? What prompted it? Change in farming systems, farm animal factors, and climate are resulting in changing the weed spectrum. In W-product farming, adoption of no-till farming system has been a major factor in shifting weed spectrum. Some of the minor weeds are now emerging as major weeds with a greater infestation and frequency. For example, barley was mainly a weed of parsons before, but it's becoming a significant weed of winter crops now. In the research work, which we're going to discuss today, we focus on five weeds, namely great brown grass, barley grass, celtism, double G, and wild weed. These weed species are identified as a such priority by GRDC's Regional Cropping Solutions Network groups. As you know, that weeds that compete with crops for resources including nutrients, water, light, and space, and as a result, reduce grain yield and quality. The reason for doing this is such was that there was very limited information available on extent of crop losses from these five, five emerging weed species in intense motor cropping systems of WA. So, Haminda, where and how were the trials conducted for this? Uh, well, to assess the compatibility of these five weed species against wheat, replicative feed trials were carried out at Deeper's Roman Hill Research Facility from 2016 to 2019. Uh, if somebody doesn't know where Roman Hill is, it is located 183 kilometers northeast of Perth in the wheat belt. The Sandy to Sandy Lone trial sites had very low weed numbers and no history of these particular weeds. These weeds were sown at four densities prior to planting the wheat, and those densities were low weeds, low density, medium density, and high density. Actually, soil rate was different for each species, but it was quite uniform across years. During 2016, we provided clear field impress 
Okay, so in the trials that you conducted, what was found in terms of weed emergence? The overall emergence of weed species was less than 50% compared to the soil densities. Averaged over four years, it was highest in the barley grass with 30% emergence of the initial soil densities and lowest in the wire weed with around 5% emergence only. In general, weed density increased with increasing feeding density, but there were exceptions. As during 2019, barley grass and double G plant numbers increased significantly from seeding density of zero to medium density only. From medium to high density, there was no significant increase or improvement. I would like to expand this part a little bit more and add some information here, which I pinched from Dr. Catherine Butcher's trial. And the trials were done in the same location from 2016 to 2018. She found that great broom grass behaved more like rye grass, which is annual rye grass, lonium rigidum, and emerged with crop. And survivalship of its first cohort from emergence to seed production was 100%. In case of uh, barley, uh, barley emerged on average two weeks after crop emergence, and survivalship of its first cohort was uh, 85%. thistle and wild wheat emerged around four weeks after crop emergence. And survivalship for thistle was 60%, and for wild wheat it was only 45%. Double G emerged around 10 days to two weeks after crop emergence, and survivalship was quite good, around 95%. I want to add more that brown grass grew taller and was more vigorous than barley grass. Double G and wild weeds will have a spreading or prostate growth habit and they don't grow actually tall in the crop. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so what impact did these weeds then have on the yield of the crops? Jessica, the extent of yield losses due to weeds uh, depends upon weed species, the time of emergence or duration of competition, and the density and biomass. So, average over four years from 2016 to 2019. Broom grass with a density of 74 to 214 plants per meter square caused 13 to 28% loss in grain yield of wheat. Whereas barley grass with a plant density of 74 to 245 plants per meter square caused 9 to 18% yield loss. Southwestern with a highest plant density of around 230 plants per meter square resulted in 10% yield loss only. Wild wheat and double G were less competitive with wheat, and plant density of around 35 to 90 plants per meter square resulted in yield loss of 5 to 8%. Having said that, there was a year to year variation on impact of wheat on grain wheat grain yield, and I would like to share 2016 and 2017 experience very briefly. Sure. During 2016, 
weaker zone in east-west direction at higher plant density of 230 plants per meter square because we used high rate seed rate in that year. And there was a good season rainfall. And all these things will make crop more competitive against this weed. And even 300 broomgrass plants per meter square caused only 12% yield loss. Okay. And during 2017, wheat was sown into moisture in the last week of May, but surface where wheat seeds were present was very dry. As a result, crop emerged three weeks earlier than the wheat. Eventually, all the wheat emerged in a high density. For example, highest plant density of bone grass was around 225 plants per meter square. But interestingly, there was no negative impact on the crop yield from any of these wheat species. This highlights the importance or the, or the value of critical wheat-free period during early growth stages of the wheat. Okay, so what impact did these weeds have on farm profitability then? That's basically that's the sort of, you know, important part, how much we are losing from these weeds in terms of, you know, money. So we did actually simple economic analysis during 2019 on the 2019 trial data, taking into account... $311 per ton as a net farm gate price for wheat, and uh, ton and a half gain yield uh, per hectare in wheat free plots. And the results tell us that the highest boom grass density of 140 plants per meter square, producing 0.7 ton per hectare dry biomass, reduced wheat gain yield by 43%, and economic returns by $205 per hectare. Similarly, Highest barley density of around 200 plants per meter square, producing half-ton dry biomass per hectare, reduced grain yield by 29%, and economic returns by $138 per hectare. The other wheat species reduced yield by 3 to 12%, resulting in economic losses of 14 to $57 per hectare. Okay. So what implications are there then in terms of weed management? In general... Uh, crops are more sensitive to weed competition during early crop growth stages, and higher yield losses occur if weeds are not controlled during that period. From the trial results we discussed, it is quite clear that uncontrolled bone grass and barley grass can cause significant yield and economic losses. So effective control of these two weed species early in the season will be very essential to minimize yield losses and prevent adding seed to soil seed bank. Logistic herbicide options are available for control of these five wheat species in wheat. And remember, the com- remember the common saying that one year seeding makes seven years weeding. So consistently stopping seed set is the key to manage these weeds. Regarding harvest wheat, wheat seed control, it will be somewhat useful tactic for bone grass and south thistle. But mine will be very practical for barley grass, double G, and wire wheat mainly because barley grass uh, is short in height, and double G's and wild wheat, they, they have a spreading uh, growth habit, so their heads will not be caught, in, caught at the harvest time. And also, I want to actually tell you that relative impact of these five-week species may vary between ecotypes, regions, crops, and farming system. And uh, Jessica, finally, I would like to thank Green Goals for funding this research project through GRDC. And thanks a lot to you for this opportunity. Thanks.
Thanks so much, Dr. Haminda. Really appreciate you taking the time to explain the research. And yeah, very important research because obviously everyone is trying to increase their yield and, and stay on top of these weeds. And so really value your time explaining that. And uh, yeah, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I'll also provide the link with the podcast notes for the RE Insight so you can listen to the podcast and then go and read the RE Insight and then the paper as well if you'd like to as well. So thank you so much. Yep, okay, thank you. Thanks.